this is Benny Bloss, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, best one out there. What's up? This is Zach Osborne, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, Moto X Pod Show listeners? We are back for another week, episode 171. Great lineup tonight with Chase Sexton, Dylan Schwartz, and Mitchell Harrison all on board. Uh, actually, Chase has not responded in a little while, so hopefully he's on board. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, providing high-quality economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And let them know you're listening. It means a lot. Also, shock socks, all sport dynamic wrist braces, blood lubricant oil lines, fly racing, power band racing if you're running that WP suspension, a Cherubies USA, X brand goggles, Williams Moto Works, and extreme color helmet painting. Kirk's got one of my formulas at the moment. Uh, TJ, DJ TJ is back in studio. It's been three years. I I don't think it's been three maybe years three exactly, months. but maybe th- well, like three months. It's, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, you said a little while ago, a couple of weeks. That's way wrong. <laughs> like, it might have been back in the beginning of Supercross season the last time, before COVID, for all I know. I think you've been here a couple times. I don't, even I, I don't think since the... It's I, been a long I have time, not been dude. here since the you Vegas. suck. I haven't been here since Vegas, for sure. So, Vegas? No, not Vegas. Um, Salt Lake City? Since, since the Salt Lake Cities. Right, right, okay. So, yeah. All right. Let's take care of some business real quick. Uh... We had some giveaways. We've been playing some contests. Uh, I know the light, the fly light gear fantasy contest was a little convoluted. I didn't do the best job getting all the rules out there, but we had a bunch of people play. And our our winner of the 2021 light gear is at Always Moto. Uh, he's over in Australia, so we're gonna we're gonna take care of that shipping cost there for you. But congratulations and appreciate everybody playing. I like to say I think we're the only show that does take care of shipping costs when it goes over to overseas. I, I don't think, know. I think everybody else is like most you, of them. Yeah, they're not can't eligible. Be overseas, so we don't uh, have enough people. Y'all remember that? Y'all <laughs> we don't remember have people that? People playing not to have the overseas. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it'd just be Garrett Rockley every every month. <laughs> He'd be the only winner. Uh, no, but we appreciate you guys playing, and I, I think we're gonna do the fantasy thing again, but we'll have the rules a little bit better set up. I had to kind of learn as I was going. And I also talked about our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you guys don't know what Patreon Patreon is, it's a website where you can go and you could donate or, or whatever. You could give a, a, some money every month to the show or any other show, really, that you like, but preferably us. And what we try to do is give some extra content to those guys here and there and some special giveaways. So we did a blood lubricants giveaway. And, and our winner was Richard Tucker, who is winning a bottle of blood lubricant oil. I'm, I'm sitting here pour, as I'm doing this. We're on camera, so those that are not watching, that's what's up. Uh, some blood lubricant, blood racing polyclean, and the blood lubricant blood bath soap. So, yeah, sorry if this seems awkward on the recording, but we're 
Yeah, I'm catering to YouTube off. as well. So yeah, appreciate you guys. We really appreciate our patron supporters because it brings in a little extra money for us that I used like a, this last couple weeks to go to Loretta's and uh, do some other cool stuff that we're going to be doing for you guys in the future. That's so, not like go to Loretta's to race. That's like go to Loretta's and get content. And yeah, which like I didn't get any well, content this year, but that's that because was because terrible. of the rules. It's it sucked. Well, I, what I did get though is some phone numbers like Dylan Schwartz and uh, Styles Robertson. Those yeah. guys I, I didn't have any contacts with if I hadn't gone to Loretta. So uh, it was cool. And then I mentioned this on Pope last night. If you guys haven't listened yet, one of our listeners, Kane, who, uh, if you guys may remember, I'm sure I talked about this, his girlfriend reached out to me. He was uh, kind of building his own little man cave, and he really wanted some jerseys. Oh, yeah, but yeah, AC jersey, right? Didn't know, he, was asking, he wanted AC. I, I didn't have that right. access. But he, his, his girlfriend, I assume, maybe wife, I'm not sure, I apologize, she, she reached out to me to surprise him with some jerseys. And uh, Justin Brayton, still haven't got the one from him yet, but he assures me he's going to get one. Kiefer, A. Ray, Cade Clayson, I think Phil Nicoletti, possi- Phil Nicoletti, possibly. I know. Uh, anyway, sent jerseys for the guy. Anyway, Kane's a good dude. He also signed up to Patreon after us doing that for him as, to support us back. That's really cool. He reached out yesterday and he subscribes to the FMF Drop program, right? right. So he gets a shirt or whatever right. every month. I guess this month, some people were, won a limited set of FMF. Limited edition Fox racing gear, a oh, jersey wow. and pants. He won. Oh, wow. Well, he doesn't ride anymore. So he's like, hey, I'd like to donate this to the show. That's cool. To, to me? auction off for Killian Auberson. Oh, it's even better. Okay. It's better so, than giving it to me. I'm just so I reached out to Steve last night during the show, and he, he let me come on and, and mention that. And we've already got a couple people bid. But what I'd like you guys to do, uh, you can email me. I said last night, darkside at pulpmx.com, and that's fine. Or you can also use the Moto X Pod Show at gmail.com. And if you're interested in this gear, it's it's already a set size. He had to order it yesterday. So it's size 34 pant, large jersey. If you guys are interested, uh, send a bid. That's pretty – I mean, pretty much that'll fit a lot of people. At yeah, I told him just go with something kind of average. Yep. Hopefully that, that'll work. He, he, he wanted – he asked him if he could wait, told him what they were doing, and she's like, look, we, we really – we have to do this now. Because it's, it's custom-made stuff. Right? Maybe. Like, I don't yeah, let that I, I maybe. Bet, I bet it is. He sent me it's in his notes in his message and I don't remember exactly what it said. Yeah. But regardless, this is what it's black. I'll post a picture of it later. Cool. It's pretty cool. So if you would are interested in trying to donate for Killian and getting some gear this size, that's how we're gonna do limited it. Limited edition gear. Yeah, limited edition. Every, I don't know how many sets are being yet. made. It's pretty badass. And we really appreciate Kane doing that. So those are the that's the housekeeping I want to take care of. I also Every round of Lucas Oil Motocross Championship you go to, they have stickers made. Typically, it shows it'll say Red Bud or it'll say whatever track they're at. Yeah, TJ's holding it up to the camera. So at Loretta's this year, I grabbed a few. It does not say Loretta's. I assume that's because the the schedule is just so up in the air. It's just kind of a one-off sticker. But I have a couple extra that I want to give away. So what I'm going to do is. TJ, you come up with an idea because I always do this crap last minute. Thanks. I asked you earlier. I explicitly said, "Do I need to come up with any ideas for your giveaways?" And you're like, "No, no, no, no." We, oh, did? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking about this. Yeah. Put well, you on spot. Um, you, see, you tell I'll me think... you're, you're good without taking notes. <laughs> you're on right. The fly, so you're right. So I'll just think about something. How can we got two of these stickers to give away? It's just a sticker, but it's cool. If you don't go to a national, you can't get one. How, how are we giving it away? 
It's just like you're asking me if I have to answer right, right this now. second. Right, right this now. Second. Um, we don't have much time. You have to um, like send you a. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Do not do that. <laughs> you know we have kids listening. Oh, way to go. To, yeah, that's right. I'll edit that out. We'll edit uh, that out. So you keep talking. But while it, I make a note. It makes a note ass. of my yeah. So, anyways, we just beep it out. Like, can you just put a beep over it so it actually shows up that I did something terrible? But anyhow, um, yeah, just send Darkseid a DM with your address, and Neil. Or, or let's do that. Yeah, just tell me you want the sticker. Yep. DM me on the Moto Xbox Show's Instagram. That'll work even better. Tell me you want the sticker, and we'll just draw a name out of the hat. Sounds good. Easy enough. Yeah. And Since, we'll throw it in the mail. That's pretty lame, yeah. TJ, but that's what we got. Uh, okay. I hope somebody two rounds some down in the in the nationals. Two rounds at Loretta's. First one was muddy. Second one was even muddier. I don't know. I don't feel like t- spending a whole ton of time on this because everybody else already has. I tell you what, it was funny to me was how much they talked about how the first round was a mud race and you can't take much from it. It's a mud race, mm-hmm. and then this round was such more of a mud race that they didn't even like. Maybe they don't the other- even consider the other one a mud race anymore. <laughs> anymore, exactly. <laughs> Based off the, the podcast I've listened to, and it's a bunch of like the Steve's review show, yeah, yeah. and Pope last night, and main event I listened to today. They, they don't even consider and like, the yeah, first this, one. You know, well, there was one round of a, one mud race. So wait a minute. I thought, like, <laughs> it sure seemed muddy last week That's when right. I was there. That's right. Yeah, that, that was funny. Um, I, I, I posted on Vital, too. Also get a shout-out to uh, Chase Lorenz. He's a local kid, trains here locally with my son, and Made his first, um, I guess you'd call it. I don't know if you call it main event. You know, made it to the to the races and got twenty oh, yeah. first spot. He like in one moto. He he went twenty five twenty one for twenty six overall. That's cool. <laughs> but but still, like at twenty one, he almost got a point. So great yeah. job for Chase awesome. Lorenz. Um, so, uh, so just what are your the, the Eli Tomac thing? Everybody's. You know, he threw the bike down or whatever. I would throw my bike moment. down. I mean, I'd kick my bike if it happened to me. I mean, you're, you're talking about millions of dollars he probably could yeah, lose I, I, over that bike. I've thrown enough temper tantrums in my day, knowing, yeah, as it, not necessarily, well, yeah, a young adult, that I can't really, I can't really badmouth the guy. It does look bad on TV, but. Hold on. But here's the thing. I've never thrown a bike down, but I do I my have. own maintenance and all that have. kind of stuff. But well, the thing is, is. Like that could have. What's the number? Do you think? Let's say. What do you think the the price difference from his sponsors to Kawasaki to everybody getting second in a series or getting first in a series? Uh, it's big, but I don't, I doubt that's what was going through his but mind. But I'm at just the time. saying, like, so the, well, all that goes through your head. You know what I'm talking about? I I mean, honestly, I think I'd have been standing on top of it, jumping and kicking on it. I'm just saying <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been good. But yeah. but um yeah, as far as that goes, I'm not like yeah and. But man, right now Osborne, I don't even know if, like, I think he'd still have the red plate right now, even if Eli wouldn't have had those bike problems the way he's riding. Yeah, Zach, man, I'm proud of Zach, and I hope he can keep it together. You know, just be smart. And do, do you think that that Eli just like okay? Do you think if Eli gets a good start mm-hmm. and gets out front, both like, like this next week or from no, now no, on? no, that last race? Oh, that oh, last okay. race, Sorry. gets a get good start. He's out front or with the front pack. Do you think he pushes the bike hard enough to blow it up? <laughs> probably, yeah. I was He's asking. pretty hard on a clutch, so yeah, but probably. You, you get what I'm saying? Is yeah, like, yeah. was it like did he do that because he was rushing, trying to get up there? Like, oh my god, I got. I think make that's points. just the way he rides. Oh, okay, I mean, obviously he was trying to get up there. Yeah, but I think that's just the way he rides. 
Yeah. We've seen it at Supercross. We've seen the bike. Everybody's always on. I mean, they, run it, they run an oil cooler and everything on that bike. Like, yeah. there's a lot of trick things to keep that bike cool. And if, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I texted Kranz because I know that's rough and felt bad. And he did, he hasn't responded, but it, it, it sucks. I mean, it, it looks bad, but, like, uh, you know, I can't disagree with what they said last night. Like, the rider has to take some responsibility. He just does. Um, well, yeah, even um, – Martin was talking about how he was babying his bike. The other two guys, other two young kids blew their Hondas up. Yeah. And, I mean, even he was talking about babying it through. So Right. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Zach getting a ride, B practice, B group? I don't care about I don't that. either. I think with the circumstances of the day. I think it was, like Jason Thomas said, the best thing was there wasn't even an LCQ. Yeah. Well, it they took one qualifying chance away and the LCQ away. If they would have, if it would have been, we're doing one qualifying chance and then an LCQ and you got a racer. If there was any other way for him to make it in, and they did that, that would be one thing. Yeah, but yeah. Nope, no problem with it. Like they talked about last night that this, uh, this now or maybe it was main event actually. I think that Cooksey and and DB were talking about it. Like it's precedent now. Okay. Like DB kind of mentioned in law, when you have a case come up, you can go back and say, well, in 1985, this case set this precedent saying this is okay. So now we have what happened this weekend. So in these circum cir- circumstances, a rider can drop down for, to the B group because of what the way the circumstances were. But the 250s, the B group goes first. So what if that happens to a B group rider? Do they let them move up to the A class? Do you think that a there's... group? Do you, before you go any further, that's a great train of thought, and that sounds awesome, but do you think that there's any continuity to any decisions with the AMA? I think this was MX Sports. I don't know if it was AMA. MX Sports, AMA, anybody involved not, with... Not generally, no. Okay. But somebody could say, if, let's say it happens they this week, because there's supposed to be mud in Indiana this week. Up, they make it up as they go along, and okay. I'm maybe have a bitter taste in my mouth over some things that screwed us over with the AMA here yeah. recently. MX Sports, AMA, all of them. Or it, it's a clown show that that it needs some fixing. Okay, you're you're right. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that because yeah, I, you're right. I'm not the person to ask right now because I am very upset with. I them, understand. So. Uh, so this weekend they're calling for rain in Indiana, <laughs> right? Already, yeah. And, and we got. I mean, that some of the the storms, the the hurricane stuff, supposed to be hitting. I think coming up. Our buddy JT is in Alabama right now, and it's already Cooley. raining. Yeah, Cooley, yeah, and and it's heading north. So right, it'll be raining all so week. So let's say we get let's say we get rain this week, and uh, I don't know, pick a pick a guy in the B class. I don't or the B group. I keep saying B class, B group, and his bike doesn't start. Do they let him? No. Do they let him line up with the A group? No. If if ch- they if the, everything's the not same, not a chance. I, I'd say it'd be it'd be be a hell of an argument, but um, not a chance. I'm trying to think there's something else I was going to touch on, and I just blank. What were we talking about before we actually started recording? I said, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, our, our Your your new co-host, our new co-host, not here. Scotty T? Sick. Yep. I don't remember saying that. Was what, but, yeah, yeah, for you listening, Scotty T is obviously not obviously, here. Obviously, Darkside doesn't care about Scotty. Hear well, that, Scotty. I just feel bad. The guy, the guy texted us last <laughs> night. He's listening. Is that what you said? No, I, I oh. was just saying. If he, he is, texted yeah. us last night and said he's been sick, but then he texted me individually. He's like, I just can't stand that DJ TJ guy. I can't. Oh. I can't sit next to him. So I've got a decision to make. Please fire me, <laughs> please. 
Uh, Scotty T is not feeling well, and I told him to come in anyway. No, yeah, but... yeah. Dark Side was like, I don't care if I get sick. Hey, just get get sick. Come do the show. Yeah, yeah. Sickness, I don't care. Crap if, is he's dumb. Like, as long as you're not crapping yourself, just get in here. Yeah, ex- yeah. As long as you're not throwing <laughs> up, come on. Uh, man, I feel like there was something else I was going to talk about. Um, I don't know. We may get to it. Yeah, the I do want to mention. Um, so, uh, Dylan, super fan, Dil- Eli, mm-hmm. super fan, Dylan made some t- comments on Twitter yesterday or Saturday, whatever, about his boy Eli. And yeah. I, I, I have some responses to that for those that know who he is or follow him, but I'm, I'm going to save it for the wrap-up show tomorrow night. Awesome. I'm probably going to get bets on for just a minute if I can. Oh, that'd be great. Because they, didn't, they were supposed to touch on it last night, and they never did. So I want to get him on, and then I, I've got Cade Clayson and Rain in Yellow on – on the wrap-up show. Oh, we were. I was just yeah. asking about what was up with yeah. Rain and Yellow. So. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him tomorrow night uh, when we do that. New sponsor on the wrap-up show, but that's that's neither here nor, nor there for us. We have a new sponsor coming September 1 here, so I'm excited about that. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Monty. He is at that kid Monty, M-O-N-T-Y. He's the owner of Mototape. He recently reached out to me and asked if I wanted to try some because he saw my janky stuff on my bike that I homemade based off <laughs> you giving me that advice. Yeah. And I, I just cut it with scissors. And I was like, well, hell yeah. So I, I packaged, a care package showed up yesterday with pre-cut moto yeah. tape for my 06 and my 15. I got to get a hold of him and see if he makes that less grippy tape that's not as... Well, you said the gr- the gray that I have looks, that he said it, is a little less it, coarse, which it, I think you're right. It feels less coarse. Yeah. And I'd like to find some of that in, in a black. black. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk to Monty. I don't think he's willing to help you out. I told him I'd buy it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I got a 1990 YZ125. Did you get a 1991 YZ125, or did you get like the shell of one? Man, you know what? I, I texted you after I tore it down. I was pretty stressed because that kind of stuff's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Rebuilding a bike from the ground up. You you talked me down a little bit, and so did like John Anderson at W and a few other people. Right now, it's a lot, man. It needs everything. It will, it'll be easy. You say it will be. It scares me a little bit. Um, but I think with my fantasy results and pulp this week, I get a Pivotworks kit of some kind. So that yeah. will probably go to this 125 if, if possible. Uh, John Anderson W is going to help me out with some wheel stuff. And I texted Damon Bradshaw. We just bought a set had of parts. W wheels. The Talon wheels yeah. that they had, man. And, and they just showed up today. I can't wait the work they would do anyways. But yeah. John does... Like, I, I'm not buying wheels anywhere else. Other than W. Yeah. John's a good dude, That's so we talked for a long time today. Um, but, yeah, I got a project bike, so we're going to probably do a Bradshaw-ish replica. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys that has to have everything exactly like the factory bike in right. 1990. It's probably going to have Torque 1 bars on it, and it's definitely going to have Michelin tires. Thank yep. you, Randy Richardson. But uh, it's it's going to be close. It's yeah. going well, to be whatever I feel like it. It's kind of like that bike I just built. I used the, yeah yeah yeah. I used the new style plastics for my 05, mm-hmm. but I made it look like the Makita Suzuki. Yeah, it says Moto X Pod instead of Makita. Yeah, it's gonna be a replica ish. Yeah, Bradshaw bike inspired by a Bradshaw. And then bike. maybe I can get Damon to take a lap on it at uh. At, uh you think he'll like what's the place? Vengefully regr- uh, like vengefully crash it? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think Damon uh, wants to crash on well, purpose. I just meant, like send it, like just step oh, off like the bike, launch just it, launch it off the wall, jump it. Uh, what can I, What's the name of the track? Uh, um, I, I keep wanting to say Cycle Central. Ranch. Yes, thank you, Cycle Ranch. Cycle Ranch. Yeah, so that'd be cool. Um, for those of you that are music fans, you know I am. I will be interviewing Rachel Bolin, the bass player, co-founder, songwriter 
for Skid Row. And my wife was so excited about yeah, that. Yeah, he's like I'm she gonna, was stoked. She was, it's gonna be awesome. She was talking about it the whole way home the other day. Thursday, that's Thursday night, so I should have that up. And he has a company. I saw Ralph Shaheen post about it because Ralph and, and Rachel are actually really good friends. Rachel started a company called Dirty Rocker Soap. It is a homemade artisan soap company. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's like one-off stuff, all natural. I bought a couple bars, loved the stuff. And I thought, man, it'd be kind of cool. I was a huge Skid Row fan yet 14, 15 years old. I had pictures of the band on my wall, you know, it was yeah. the T-shirts. I thought, well, I'm going to reach out to their Instagram page. And I asked Ralph, I texted him, I said, hey, do you know if Rachel runs his Dirty Rocker Soap IG? And he didn't. So uh, I told him what I was doing. I sent I sent a DM to them. And they said, hey, you know, he he's a... What do you call it? When somebody actually is kind of can see it, but he doesn't really run it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I can't think of the word I'm looking Administrator? for. Administrator? There you go. Good word. See, you're, you are good for something. I, but they said, we'll send the, this message over to him. And like an hour later, he's like, hey, got your message? Yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. I was like, that's cool. And and Ralph, thankfully, he was like, hey, if he doesn't answer, I could reach out to him for you. And I told him, I said, I really don't want you to have to do that because I know it's kind of weird the way I worded it. It's like for celebrities to... Say hey to their other celebrity friend. Hey, this guy wants to meet you. Yeah, it's kind of like an unwritten rule not to do that. And I told Ralph that, and he responded back like, "Who's the celebrity?" Yeah, making fun of Rachel, basically. Right. Right. So, so I think me, Rachel, and I are going to bust on Ralph Shaheen a little bit. I'm sure there'll be some fun stories about Ralph and Rachel's a race fan and uh, a musician. So we're going to talk. I don't know how much time he's going to give me. I hope an hour. We'll talk about the band. We will talk about racing. We will talk about Dirty Rocker Soap. And you're not talking about... We will not be talking about <laughs> a possible reunion with Sebastian Bach. He has been asked that hundreds of hundreds of thousands of times, probably. And it's if you guys are Skid Row fans, sorry, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask him about it. And that's actually one of the things I put in my original post. is like, I will promise not. <laughs> you no boss questions because I know he's just tired of it. And if, like, if you guys are interested in that stuff... Check out Eddie Trunk's uh, podcast because Eddie's a big music guy, rock and roll world. Literally just did an interview with Rachel that I saw after I proposed this interview. Great. <laughs> uh, talking about some of that stuff. So, yeah, go check out Eddie Trunk if you're interested. Um, cool. We've got 20 minutes or so before we get Chase on. We started way early. Yeah, I know. Well, I, yeah, typically we're, we're this may not flow super well. Do we want to take a break now or do we have something to talk about? It's up to you, man. You're running the show. I'm just running the video side. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Chase Exon. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants and our machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, Polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. 
So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. All right, we are back with our first guest of the night, brought to you by Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings on the planet. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1989, and his price has never changed. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. So contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com. And tonight, Extreme Colors brings us factory Honda Chase Sexton. What's up, dude? How's it going? It's going good, man. I'm glad to get you on. A um, couple rounds in, a couple unusual rounds into your rookie debut 450 full season. Um, what are your thoughts so far? Oh, man, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been up and down. I've had, uh, I've had some good moments and some bad moments so far but um yeah last weekend was really muddy but the race four was a pretty good racetrack and really gnarly so we've had uh two different kind of kinds of conditions and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so far it's been i've had two good motos and two bad motos and um i qualified pretty good at both of them i qualified first the first one and sixth of the last one but yeah um it's been uh, up and down but overall i feel like my uh, speed's really good and just um yeah, just trying to learn every weekend, and I feel like I've been learning a lot. So Yeah, and I think that's obviously the goal for the first year. I want to touch on something you just said because my, my producer is in studio with me, DJ TJ. What's up, man? We How were just you? talking about – you said two different conditions, right? So last week I was at Loretta's for the first round, and we were all talking about how muddy it is. But now after this week – Everybody's like, well, we've had one mud race. Almost like the first race wasn't that muddy now that we've had the second race. Uh, was it really that much different? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was super muddy last weekend. Um, probably one of the worst mud races I've ever been in. It was super thick mud, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just really difficult to ride. And um, it's first race on the mud, on the 450 in the mud, which is is a lot different. It's a lot more uh, weight to carry around. But yeah, just learn. I learned a lot um, racing. I guess both races. Yeah. First race came out swinging, was going fast, and then made a couple mistakes, crashed a few times, and then second race. Got under control, and then now I got it through mud at me last weekend. So I had to learn how to ride the bike in the mud. So um, yeah, overall I'm just happy to be learning. And yeah, it was definitely way more muddy last weekend. Um, so when when Kenny decides not to to race, you you become the guy at Honda. I mean, obviously obviously Christian's over there filling in, but 
Does that did that add any pressure to what Honda expects, or do you feel like it? You're still able to take it as a learning year, and you know Honda understands that, and you're just going to go out and do the best you can, and you know learn. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously it's a bummer Kenny's not racing, but um, for me, it didn't add any pressure. Really, my my expectations for myself are a lot higher than any uh, anything they could expect of me. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to go out there and. Um, check some stuff off my uh, gold this this outdoor series but um yeah it was um it was it was nice to have the attention all on me pretty much um for these first couple rounds and obviously this outdoor series so yeah um it's gonna learn and um get my feet uh wet in this in this 450 class and then um also um learn how the team works and stuff like that and um be ready for supercross next year there you go hey chase so there's you talk about bringing attention to you and stuff like that there's been a lot of, I guess you'd say, back and forth about, and it's always with any rider going from a 250 to 450, what team should they go, who should get that ride, all that kind of stuff. What is your, like, social media or or even interviews with, with, with regular media, how different is it now with, you know, going on the 450 from the 250? Because, you know, in a way you kind of came out, won that championship, and then you were, like, going to 450s right now kind of deal. Yeah, no, um, that was the plan, obviously, from last year. Um, I was talking to the Han team throughout outdoors and was just, I feel like I was down on power on the 250 and didn't really feel like I gave myself a fair shake at a, um outdoor championship. So for me, riding the 450 this year outdoors was best-case scenario. And um, it obviously it, it had a lot of pressure um, going into the Supercross Series because I knew this was my last chance to win, a, right. win another. So I had to get that done. And then, um, yeah, now it's... Um, it's nice being on a 450, and obviously I'm still really young, but um, I feel like my riding style suits the 450, and um, I feel like I've shown that um, so far. So, I uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited, and yeah, it's a little different the meet like the media and all that, and it's a little bit more uh, it's a lot more professional, I should say, <laughs> um, team, um, and just or obviously Geico's factory, but this is the this is about as good as it gets. So, right, um, get it. You know, back before your time, because you're 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 a youngin. Uh, back in the '80s, like Honda was the place, man. The Ricky Johnson years, you know, David Bailey, and that was that was the team to go to, man. I think always. You know, it, to me, it's still. It's been a while since they won a championship, really, but but it's still HRC. But it's still, yeah, still <laughs> like the the peak. Yeah. No, I mean, um, we're trying to change that. That's what uh, that's my <laughs> what my job is, and trying to uh win these guys a championship so um yeah yeah that's definitely what my goal is and that's i feel like why they hired me so we're uh yeah we got some uh obviously we got some work to do but i feel like um i, f- I feel like i'm capable of it so we have a um, couple gonna- we have a couple Being- questions from the live chat room let him finish first tj okay, I did, sorry about that Jeez. but anyways <laughs> he um uh, Corey triton wants to know about how much of your has your training changed from riding the 250 to the 450 yeah, so it hasn't really um, changed like so much as like it's different. Obviously, it's different on 450, but for so far, outdoors is um, the same uh, length motos, but as a 250. But I uh, I recently started training with James Stewart, so that is a big change just um, just in itself. Um, doing his program and um, yeah, so that's a little different. But overall, I mean, outdoor training wise hasn't really changed a lot. I mean, I've done. 
I've definitely done a lot more volume and a lot longer or a lot more long motos this year compared to last year, and um, I feel like it's helped me. But yeah, so far, I mean, it's been pretty uh, pretty similar as to the CGD. But Supercross, it's going to be obviously a little longer, twenty minutes plus one lap instead of fifteen plus one. So yeah, that'll be where the other change comes in. Well, do you have to like focus on putting more muscle on messing with a four fifty, or were you already like? Like happy with where you were in that. Chase is shredded. Dude. Well, I know he's shredded, but there's a difference between being shredded and being uh, strong. You know. Yeah, honestly, it, it, I build muscle super easily, so um, I try and stay out of the gym as much as I possibly can because Me like too. I can I can put on weight like as like snap of a finger. So oh wow. Um, yeah, it actually, I I just riding the four fifty just makes you stronger. Like I've been like after the first race at Loretta, that was so sore. Like. <laughs> after the race and there's no chance i could have got on a bike on monday so um but yeah it's just a learning curve and i feel like i'm plenty strong enough to ride the, the 450 all right you you mentioned james stewart i mean J, js7 he's he's still like that uh like the unicorn you know we're, we're all waiting for him to show back up but gotta ask a couple questions you know when you're out there riding supercross and you hit a set of whoops and you're fast in the whoops chase but nobody's as fast as James Stewart. Does he say like, "Is that all you got"? What what does he what does he say? Like, what's it like being around the elusive James Stewart? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And like last or this year, actually, after Daytona, when it all happened, and actually, like, yeah, I mean, he the whoop whoop thing is not really um, what he com- complains about. It's more corners and um, <laughs> where to. I stand up a lot of. Um, on the bike, which is good in some spots, but also uh, hurts me in other places. So trying to get me to sit down a little more and just some technique stuff, he's more than uh, nitpicking. But, yeah, whoop speed, I mean, I feel like I have some of the best whoop speed in Supercross. So I agree. I, obviously, he, he was very fast in the whoops, but he uh, he was just – he likes, he just liked to send it. So, um, <laughs> But, no, he my, my whoop speed is not my problem. It's um, some other stuff that I got to fix and just – I think having him learn the 450 is going to be uh, a big, um, big thing for me. So, so he's not just sitting in the house watching it on drone footage and then like texting you what you need. He's actually out there with you. <laughs> no, no, no. He's uh, yeah. He's at the track. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> speak, so yeah. Um, so I, I got another listener question here that was sent in to me. Um, they want to know just what it's. Do you feel spoiled getting to ride on the perfect dirt? at uh the stewart compound because that place is beautiful yeah no it's uh it's really good um moving for, i'm obviously i was at the moto sandbox before yep which is also it's really close but yeah no i mean the 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 track and the dirt is like it's it's awesome and it's really nice is once it rains it's it's always rideable the next day which is um a big plus and it drains really well but overall i mean the dirt they have sand and they also have clay and it's it's definitely the best of both worlds because we uh, we don't really ride that many sand tracks, so you have to have some clay mixed in there. It's nice having having that at his track and lots of uh, fun jumps stuff like that. But overall, I mean, the track's pretty uh, pretty physically demanding. Um, it doesn't really look like it that much, but it actually is super super hard track. So oh, I'm sure. nice to the motos in. So I got to go out there a couple of years back. My son won a championship at Freestone, and we were out there, and I was talking to. Um, James's mom and we were out there shooting the bull and I pointed over at the big shed and I said I remember getting to go up there and ride around on pit bikes up there 
And she looked at me strange. And I was like, she's like, on top of the building? I'm like, yeah. She's like, when did you do that? And I was like, on the game. <laughs> you should have seen her face. She freaked out. She's like, you rode pit bikes on top of the building? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a, uh, I forget what game that was. Yeah, that was a, that was a big thing to do. And it was, I, it was a live that had that. Yeah, I think it was. And I just remember her face. Yeah, I, I remember that game coming out, like you had to do something to get a code to play the compound or something. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right, Chase, so one more thing about the JS7 compound. Uh, I guess AC's been riding out there a little bit. Um, it seems like when guys are in the 450 class, a lot of time, well, maybe not as much anymore, there's like these secrets almost. You know, I don't want to ride with this guy because he's my competition. To me, as somebody who is obviously not a professional racer, being able to race and practice with the best in the business would help you improve your game day to day. And it, it seems like the benefits would outweigh the negatives. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely. And that was kind of the whole thing behind AC coming out and riding. I mean, it's, it's, you can do it being by yourself as long as you're self-motivated and push yourself. But um, it's just it's more of just like kind of boring and it's nice to have somebody to ride with. So sure. having there is, um, nice and we get along really well so um, obviously we want to keep it limited and um, just having AC there is nice but yeah I mean there's definitely some um, like you want to you don't want to show all your cards at the practice track so um, you got to keep it limited but yeah having Adam out there has um, been really good so far yeah that's cool he's a good he's a good dude um, talk about your A-star deal a little bit last or two weeks ago at, at the first Loretta's I was walking through the pits and you know a couple people were like hey Chases in the new the new the new gear. He's he's walking around the new gear, and I didn't know because I'm not that inside. I didn't know this was happening, uh, but it, it was a kind of a big deal. The stuff looks cool. Um, that's a that's a big deal. Moving to the 450 classes, being able to get your own gear deals and stuff like that to help you out. Uh, just talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely last minute. I would have liked to have made the announcement um, earlier, but it was kind of cool having it at the race and it being my first. Um, forfeit race, so it made a little bit more hype. But um, yeah, it actually happened. The deal got done the Tuesday before the race, and oh, wow. we've been working. We've been working on this deal for since December last year. So um, the corona, the coronavirus, kind of threw a wrench in it. But um, overall, I'm happy we got it done. I've been wanting to wear Alpine Star gear since AC wore it when he was like on 85s. I've always been really a uh, big fan of their. Uh, their product and I've yeah like I said it's been a, it's a dream come true to be able to wear their gear and I'm uh, super excited about it. Well, that's cool, man. I'm I'm happy for you. Um, uh, so I just lost my tra train of thought. Uh, two fifty the two fifty Supercross championships two in a row. I've talked to you before. You know, uh, the first one, the the keyboard warriors. You know, oh Chase kind of lucked into that. Blah blah blah. I don't I don't really agree with. There's any luck. You 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 did your job. Uh, did the second one mean more to you or like how can you compare the first championship to the second definitely there was uh some keyboard warriors always is one. i mean <laughs> obviously austin came out and won um i think six or five races in a row um and was super fast but i always felt like i was kind of like right there just couldn't and it was all in my second year so i was kind of still learning and yeah he was obviously um faster but i feel like i was getting closer and closer and then obviously he made a big mistake at uh, nashville and ended up going down but for me i mean you got to race every every race to win a championship so 
um, it was nice. And I, the first championship is always super special and always something you dream of as, of as a kid. And um, But, yeah, definitely this year coming in, like, I told, I think I told a lot of the people, like, interview-wise um, before the races, like, I wanted to come out here and win, um, like, four or more races and try and dominate this championship before I go and move up to the 4BD classes. This is my last chance. So um, it was nice. I I think I won, I won five races, something like that, and my worst finish was a fourth after going down in the first lap. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a really good season for me. And um, overall, Shane was a really – Really tough competitor, especially going to Salt Lake City. That was um, definitely didn't play on my cards. I don't. I don't feel like he was. He's won. I think before he we went there, won like three races or something going in uh, yeah. in a row going there. So right. I knew he was there, and he's super super good in that like uh, marbly slick condition. So I knew I had my work cut out for me, and the championship definitely wasn't over. So um, it felt really good, and to win honestly, the to cap it off, winning the East West Showdown was probably. Not as good as win the championship, but staying close and um, to beat everybody before I race um, the big class um, meant a lot because we don't get to race them obviously yeah. all year. So to get to win out of everybody was um, was awesome. Well, you came into that class, I mean, into that series, and we talked before, like you said, you came in there to win it. What was your plans going forward from here, like? I guess you'd say, are your plans going forward from here on the 450? Where are they now? I know you came in. you got to learn. you got to – it's a whole other class. Those guys are a whole other – but where do you see yourself now, and is it different than when you first started in the 450s? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's a different, it's a different class, and um, it's definitely the guys I've looked up to racing. Like, I've obviously watched Eli and um, how successful he's been in the past couple of years, and Ken and – all those guys, I mean, they're obviously quite a bit older than I am, but I feel like um, I feel like my speed is really, really good, and I just need to fix Obviously, I have rookie mistakes, and I think I've shown that the last um, couple of races have been really inconsistent, but um, I feel like I'm going to put the pieces together, and I, I definitely think we can um, win motos and possibly win an overall before the end of the outdoors is over. I feel like I have the speed for it. I just got to go out there and get a good start and not fall over basically because i've been, <laughs> been falling quite a bit uh yeah. recently um yeah i mean it was good i got i learned a lot but that second moto um at the first race i ran i got third but being able to race those guys and see how they race is a lot different than the 250 class and obviously those guys are really really good so i'm up i'm gonna have to get better and um but yeah I, my goal is to be able to at least um race for um, race wins by the end of the year and be up there and be competitive with um, the top guys. Yeah, and I definitely feel like you have the ability to do that. I mean, your talent is pretty obvious on the 250s, and you showed right, you know, what you got right off the bat in the 450s. Your skill, your your technique is great, and uh, I think you're definitely going to be up there challenging. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, how long was Jay Dungey your mechanic? Because did he work with you before Geico? No, he, um, okay. it actually, it started, um, 2019. So last, no, yeah. Last year was my, our first year together. And yeah, it's been, he's been a big help and having somebody in your corner that's super supportive and would, uh, go to war with you is awesome. So, um, it's been a big, uh, big help for me and my success lately. Was there any questions about taking him with you at all? That's like, was, was yeah. it, was it like you had to say it or was it just a, they were like, yep, he's going with you. 
Um, it was kind of both. I mean, obviously I had to make that known, like that I wanted him coming with me. And, um, like if, if he wasn't able to come, like that was kind of a big, like big deal to me. I wanted him there and, um, we had had success so far, so I didn't want to change that. And, um, they were more than happy to have him, um, come aboard. They, Jade's a right. super funny guy, easy to get along with. So, and he's a hard worker, which is, um, so a recipe for success. So, um, they were, they were excited to have him along with, with me. Yeah, I like him. He's a good dude. Um, all right, last question, Jay, uh, Chase. So when you were on Pulp a while back, I don't remember how the topic came up, but the, the Taylor Swift thing came up, the music, and I texted you a little bit about that. Um, did you get any – uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Any, any keyboard warriors kind of making fun of you for being a Taylor Swift fan? Yeah, I mean, everyone's <laughs> had their two cents on my music taste. I'm really <laughs> – I'm really all over the place. I used to be a huge Taylor Swift fan when I was like, I think, sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. And then moved into like, like pop punk, like punk rock music, which I still like. And I've never really been a big rap fan. So now I'm, uh, I think I'm actually gonna get a butt patch with. Uh, I think I'm gonna get an I Heart Halsey butt patch for one of these races coming up. I've been a big Halsey fan the last two years, and like she's like, I don't know, I'm I'm obsessed with her. So there you go. That's, uh, that's my new. That's my new girl going in uh or from now on or Chase, from here j- on, so. just for the record just want to let you know that one of those keyboard warriors that was bashing you was dark side no. about like he, he's like if it's oh, not heavy metal if it's not heavy metal he hates true. it he just totally hates it because i texted him and told him <laughs> after that i like i before probably a week or two before that i would have probably made fun of him and i told him that <laughs> but i watched her documentary on netflix and became a fan because i love somebody although i'm not super f- big into pop music or country which is what she started in the fact that she can play so many instrument instruments that in the video you can watch her in her writing process and you could see the light bulb come on when a you know when she's inspired and she writes a song like he, he's making this up just so you'll be his friend no because i guarantee fine. you i guarantee you he watched the documentary no i yeah i, I wa i mean i watched it i know that but yeah she's super talented honestly she's not really I don't feel like she's famous for her, uh, her, her so much her voice. Like she's obviously got a really good voice, but her songwriting and yeah. that's where she's really. And a lot of the, I'm I love pop music, so um, I mean I I feel like I'm like a fourteen year old girl. <laughs> girl, you're talking about, like, uh, sure. No, like I got into like Halsey's kind of a little bit. She's kind of got like a little bit of like, um, I guess pop punk vibe to her. So. Okay. She's kind of a best of both worlds kind of thing, and um, yeah, I kind of I I dig her, so that's my uh, that's my new girl. There you go. Well, man, the music. I'm a huge I'm a huge music guy. I am very narrow minded usually. I like my rock and my metal, but hearing somebody else that's inspired by music, I think that's cool, man. So, and I just kind of want to give you a little bit of a you know a little rib there about the Taylor Swift, but she is she's she's talented. So, mad respect. Like I I as a in my youth. Like Madonna was big, but and I would kind of make fun of her because it was pop music, and I didn't care. I wasn't like you said, a fourteen-year-old girl. I like rock music. But one of my best friends has been Madonna's guitar player for twenty years, and I got to see her live, and was blown away by how good she is. So I, I give respect to people that are talented like that. A lot of those, like a lot of pop artists, are like super. I mean, obviously, all artists are uh, super talented, but like. Nowadays, like the rap music, kind of like I don't know. I just I can't really get into. It. I I listen to like pretty much like if you 
like naming like a, I listen I listen to eighties, I listen to like hard rock, I listen to pop punk, sure. pop rock music, I, I, country, everything. So I'm like if you go through my phone and look at my like my playlist, it's seriously like it's all over the place. I have so many songs on my phone and that's cool. Yeah, I'm huge like musically driven. So um, I it's one of the things like that's why I always wear headphones in the line because yeah, it's kind of something that keeps my like gets me pumped up and kind of like not so much distracts me but um, keeps me focused. So it's it's been a big part of my uh, my racing. Well, I, I like that. I uh, you said eighties rocks. So do you know the band Skid Row? Yeah, I mean my. Honestly, like, the only reason I know 80s is because my dad is, that's all he listens to, and, like, going ah. to the track every day when I was little, like, it's, like, it's all, like, every 80s song that comes on, I can pretty much sing it. Nice. Like, to the word, so I, I'm, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I brought that up. I, I actually get to interview the bass player, original oh, band really? member of Skid Row Thursday night, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, Chase, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate you having so much time for us. I uh, really look yeah. forward to seeing you continue to uh, excel and improve and, uh, you know, see where your future goes, man. We're we're stoked to see it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. All right, Chase. Take care, bud. Yep. See you guys. See ya. Thanks to Chase Sexton for coming on. Um, what'd you think there, TJ? Um, uh, about his choice of music? <laughs> well, you're not really a music guy, period. I, I'm not. So your your opinion on that doesn't matter to me at all. Fair enough. But I, I mean, I did laugh <laughs> when I first heard him say he liked Taylor Swift. Well, you know, mainly because the image of a Taylor Swift is really like he just said, kind of like a 14 year old girl. But I I do have respect for her after seeing that documentary. You know, there's things about her I'm not a fan of, but musically, dude, she's. She's badass. Anybody that has that much talent, I'm jealous of. I'm interested that him and AC training together, like like how often they are out there training and picking their bikes up. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're both struggling with that a little bit as they're, you know, both the rookies and they're sure. learning. And, and, and AC keeps saying, I just want to quit crashing. He does. And, and I'm like, so then go train with Stuart. And another rookie. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Well, maybe he's hoping that will average out where he actually doesn't look like he's crashing as much. Oh, okay, fair enough. All right, let's take a break uh, real quick, and we'll be back with Dylan Schwartz. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards, in 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. 
Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and when I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Men goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Men as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, sprint cars, it does not matter, UTVs, Blood Lubricants has what you need, so visit Blood Lubricants, that's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com, and use promo code MOTOX to support our show. And as I say every time, we want to beat Chris Kiefer's use of his promo code so please order up but tonight blood lubricants brings us rookie sensation dylan schwartz what's up dude what's up man not much um so i'm gonna be honest dylan i didn't know a ton about you before loretta's but my producer here dj tj was like this dylan schwartz kid is for real he's awesome started checking you out and dude yeah you uh you know you're you're fast (laughs) so so it's great to meet you first of all yeah, nice to meet you, and uh, yeah, I definitely uh, try my best, but um, you know, I haven't really had the best luck out there, and uh, but I mean, we're kind of just looking to turn that around and uh, just work on some things and just be better so we can get some better results. Well, what do you mean you haven't you haven't uh, had the best luck? What do you you know? Because Loretta's went pretty good for you. I mean, I know you didn't win, but um, I mean, your results I thought were pretty good. Uh, you and uh, styles, you know, were battling quite a bit. It seemed like two of the top kids. Uh, what What do you feel like that you you kind of made me feel like you're disappointed in your results in the last? I don't know. Maybe what you just tell me what you think about your season last year or so. Yeah, it's been rough because uh, okay. the previous year I was hurt. So then I came to this year knowing I had to do pretty good. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't have a pro contract yet, so I knew coming to the letters, you know, I had to end up winning or doing pretty good to get one, and uh, I went in there, won the first moto by, I don't know, it was like a 10-second lead, so I was pretty confident, and then I just couldn't get starts, and then had to come from the back, and it was, with those guys, Mason and Styles getting good starts, it was just tough, like I couldn't catch up to them from being in 20th place, but, uh, you know, I still ended up with a second, third overall, which, I mean, is it bad, and I uh, just looked forward to the pro ranks, and, um uh, yeah, that was wild. Well, just so you know, from like we're just fans of the sport, me and some buddies. You're a generation ahead of my kids, so I've always kind of watched you at the races because y'all are the class that we were going to, kind of a stuff. And like this year, like you put on a clinic. In my opinion, any team that even paid attention at all come away with, yeah, Gonzalez got a good start. Styles is always fast, but I think you put down like some of the like the best rides of the week in my opinion because of how far back some of your starts were just just tearing through the pack 
We were seriously, and you don't know us. I've actually never met you in person as far as sit around and talk to you. I think maybe once, but it was just on the line, so you don't know who I am. Yeah, but yeah. we we were cheering you on. like We were like, like, you don't want to know who he is. Trust yeah. me. Dil- we, were, we were like Swartz is racing. You know what I'm talking about. So we were we were definitely watching those races, and and I actually yeah. kind of had a few bets, you know, for you that you were going to win the championships and stuff like that. So man, you, you did really good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been like that my whole life. I kind of didn't really come from anything. Like I never really got on a ride till I was like on a suit mini. Yeah. So I I never really had the biggest name like coming in or anything, but I always felt like I've been like one of the fastest guys. I just kind of struggle sometimes to get a little bit over my head because I, I honestly just hate losing and sometimes I just push a little too much and just need to control myself. <laughs> well, what got you started racing? Like, I know some of these guys been racing since they were came out of the womb. What, what got you started and where where did you start and when did you start getting serious? Um, I think I was three years old. I went to watch my cousin race at a local track and um, I fell in love with it i asked my dad if he could get me a bike and he bought me a little ktm 50 and then uh in a year or so we started doing some local races and then uh i think i went to loretta's when i was five so uh i've been doing it for a long time so you made it you've been to loretta's since the shaft drive pw class yeah or not the shaft drive but the the little cobra 50 the cobra 50s okay when i went yeah so, Dylan, let me ask you this. You, you know, you said you don't have a pro contract yet. Um, you're clearly one of the top kids coming out of the pro ranks. Uh, how does that work? I mean, were your results not good enough leading up to this year? You said you had an injury the year before. Because uh, typically, it seems like the, the the factory, the OEMs, man, they're picking all these kids up early. You know, the, the Ryder D's, the Carson Mumfers, the Jet Reynolds, all that. What What happened where you didn't get an opportunity? You know, that's the thing, like, growing up, like, I never I never really did good enough until I got on Super Mini, and then okay. by that time, I only got, like, a two-year deal with Cowie, and then I went to, or been on Bar X for two years now, but, I mean, I never really had that chance to do that, because I never was that big amateur kid on, like, 65s and 85s now, so, you know, it just never worked out like that, and mm-hmm. I really, I really worked, like, to try to win Loretta's this year, but, you know, it doesn't happen, it's racing dirt bikes you know you're not going to win everything so um yeah so i'm just going to do the last two outdoors and just do the best i can and see if we can get some out of that but you know the reason or i mean part of the reason i think that is that i don't have a deal yet is because of uh covid you know canceling all the races this year i mean we haven't had any nationals this year except for loretta's so right um makes it hard i'm yeah so i mean it's only one race to base it off of you know so you have Bar X helping you out, and you were at the first Loretta's race. Uh, talk about the Bar X ride. How those guys, you know, how'd you get on board with them, and you know what's that been like? Honestly, I, uh, it's been awesome, man. Uh, I first got on the Zuki. You know, everyone's kind of like skeptical about the Suzuki uh, Kickstarter, all this, but sure. Um, I got on it, dude. It handles so good, and working with Larry is honestly the most helpful thing I've had in my career. Um, yeah, he helps me with any anything and has taught me so much on the bike and just off the bike as a person too and just how to look at things. And uh, working with him, I'd say, was uh, one of the best things about the team. And, uh, you know, we're getting the bike better. We've been working with it all year. Just since I've 
going to do some outdoors this year. We knew we had to get, have a good uh, competitive bike. Sure. So I think it's um I think it's getting better, and I think it's getting taken more seriously. So I think it's good. So, so yeah, I was going to ask right. about about that. Um, we were just talking about he brought up real quick about racing Loretta's. We had a question here about the um, one of our let me see Scott Thompson wanted to know how it was like. Yeah, Scotty T. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Scotty T, which is normally our our co-host who is homesick, so he's online watching, wants to know what it was like to race Loretta's as an amateur and then turn around the next weekend and race it as a pro. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, it was kind of a bummer that the track got flooded with rain right. a couple of days before, so the track wasn't really, like, comparable, I mm-hmm. would say, but um, it kind of shaped up pretty good. I mean, it was really ruddy. And uh, I don't know. I honestly liked it. I honestly think I like pro racing better because it's not just like five fast guys in like the amateur ranks versus like twenty fast guys in the pro ranks. Which is like, I don't know. I just thought it was more fun, I guess. But um, yeah, I struggled a little bit in the motos, just pushing too hard and having some crashes. But I don't know. I thought it was fun, and uh, I look forward to more of them. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, what was the reasoning behind the choice to just do in that one round of at Loretta's? Well, uh, since we didn't know what, what like this year had planned out uh, with coronavirus and all that, um, Bar X is still like an amateur team, right? I guess they, you know they're not really a pro deal, so um, they just said we'll do a couple. You know, it wasn't really we didn't really have that much time to plan it a whole season out. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that. They said they'll do a couple, and then we'll see what goes from there. And how happy were you to watch this on TV and not be in the middle of the, the mud fest one. from this weekend? Yeah, I was on. I was honestly <laughs> watching that start, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You can only see like the first two guys, and it, you know, it looked it looked wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, have you had anybody talk to you about you know possibly helping out? Have, is there any? Does it look? Is there any positives that you're seeing from other teams or any support that may come to you know maybe it'll help you out in the future? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've been talking to a couple just uh, just seeing what they could do anything. But again, with the coronavirus, yeah, all their all their riders had to get extended contracts out, so you know they couldn't sign any or really any one when they already have their other guys still signed. Sure. So. I mean, it's kind of a a waiting thing until the end of outdoors, I think, to just uh, see how I do. And um, hopefully we can do a – I'm hoping for a top 10. You know, I qualified ninth at the first one, so I was hoping for a top 10 there, but uh, it's just a bummer deal. But, yeah, I'm just – I just want to do good at the last two and then okay. see if we can get some worked out. Yeah, the, the, the first moto at the first Loretta's – I was standing there kind of along the billboard area or whatever, and it was hard to see. But did you and Styles go down together on that first lap? Um, you're talking about the pro race? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I ended up – I was like a top ten start. I was pumped, you know. Yeah, I was like, cool. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, cool, first race. I'm like, I'm, I'm for sure going to top ten this. I'm going to ride smart, whatever. <laughs> and uh, I'm going through the Ten Commandments. I think it was Mac, McAdoo on my right, and I think it was Swole on the left, and – it just, things got tight, you know, it was ruddy, and I think Swole ended up maybe getting cross-headed or something and landing on the side of me, and it just, I couldn't do anything about it and just fell over, but 
uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed. And then I was in last place, and then I was just pushing really hard and riding over my head and ended up crashing like two more times. Okay. So. The, the reason I asked that was, you know, I couldn't see much of anything in that one little straightaway, but I was trying to figure out where yeah. you were and where Styles was because I wanted to see how the rookies were doing. And it seemed like you guys were both at the very back after that first lap, and I was wondering if you guys crashed together because I, I saw a couple of people getting up, but it was hard to see who it was, so I just didn't know what had happened. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but t- 2021, what are your thoughts on Supercross, if, if you can get something going? Have you rode much Supercross? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Uh, what Would you like to do that? You know, that's that's obviously kind of the the big the big show for our sport in America. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to. I mean, that's the plan is get a deal after outdoors and then kind of just uh, just get on Supercross right away. And I, I haven't had much experience on it. Like, I just wrote, a, um, wrote it for about a month mm-hmm. for Futures. But, I mean, I, f- I got used to it. I got comfortable. Like, I mean, I should have no problem with it if I just uh, get practice in it, have it done right, and then, like, not rush anything and just – like I said, do everything right, and then uh, it should be good. Yeah, you did really good at the futures, if I remember right. Like you got your points pretty quick, right? Yeah, I won the I won yep. the A two futures, yep. and then at, at Glendale, uh, I just like watched the front and end up getting like fifth or something. But I was just there to finish off the points. I wasn't really worried about winning or anything. Yeah. So I want to go back to your uh, your early days. You know, we, you talked about kind of get into it. Um, you know, going and watching somebody else ride, but how long before you realized or your your parents realized, man, there's some talent here. And once you realize that, do you find, you know, a coach, somebody that really knows the business or like, how did you progress? I, um, you know, I wasn't really that good. I honestly, <laughs> on my first year at Loretta's, I got like, I got like last on the little fifties. And then, um, we got the the senior fifties, the big ones, and then I started working with Buddy Antonez. Oh, Budman, yeah, yeah. Started working with Budman, and then went back the next year. The Reds and got second. So and Styles actually won. So I mean, been racing him forever. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. Then, uh, yeah. Finish, finish what you're saying. Then I'm gonna ask a question about that. I'm sorry. You're good. Well, okay, so. Racing a guy like that, we hear this sometimes through this through history, right? As he, as you guys get into the pro ranks, there's all these stories of like Cooper and AC having the, these certain issues or whoever. Alessi Alessi. and Ryan Villapoto. Yeah. Having a guy like Styles and you've been battling your whole life, do you show up at a race and go, God, this guy again? Or can you be like, oh, this is cool, man. I know this guy, you know, and it's like it, you can almost have a friendship. Is that something you can do? Yeah, I mean, me and Styles are cool. Like we'll we'll talk every once in a while, and uh, um, we used to be teammates, so we ended up, you know, getting to know each other pretty well. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, when I do go to the races, it's like, gosh dang, like Styles is here. Like it's <laughs> it's it's not going to be easy. Sure. You know, he goes for it just as much as I do every time. Yeah, you know, I I'm un- unlike my buddy Daniel Blair, who loves the drama between riders. I like. The friendships, man. I'm, I'm, I like seeing. I could see that. I like that You're Adam C. And Cirillo and Kenny Roxon are buddies, yeah. and they can go out and ride together. I don't need them to yeah. hate each other, you know. And I told like yeah. Ryder D is a friend of the show, and I was like, and he's buddies with Jet Reynolds and Carson. I was like, keep that. Like, 
that's yeah. to me that's good for the sport. Like I think it's cool back in the day when Travis Pastrana would go up on the podium and be like, "Man, did you see so and so? That was so awesome!" Like I like that better than the drama. I like I don't know. Yeah. Man. To yeah. me, the sport is about friends and family. It becomes family. And that's why I like going to the races so that I can beat TJ in front of me and talk smack, but I don't want to hate the guy, Yeah, I, you know? So yeah, I think that's cool that you and have I, it. I, yeah. I think it's like partly in like people's riding styles too. Like I feel like someone can have a hatred towards someone else just because of their, you know, their riding style or sure. something like that. Because, you know, mean style is like, you know, we can be aggressive to each other, but I don't think like we would completely just take each other out. So, I mean, it's like respectful, and I think that's why we've remained like somewhat friends. You know, like we're not enemies or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's cool. So getting to watch you for the last, I don't know, like four years and all that kind of stuff, but not really knowing you, and a lot of the listeners don't. As you come up, what do you do like when you're not on the bike? What what? How do you kill time? You play video games, do fishing. What 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 do you do besides ride dirt bikes? Honestly, not much. I used to <laughs> I used to be into video, I used to be into video games, but now like. Uh, I've really just been trying to better myself, like as a motocross rider, and really been working on my training. You know, because I haven't done a pro race, so I wanted to make sure I was like fit and uh, n- make sure I could do it right. And that's kind of what I've been working on like the past year. So it's kind of just been training. But you know, I live like 20 minutes from the beach, so I, I kind of go to the beach a lot. You surf? And uh, uh, I got into it a little bit, but honestly, I I don't. It's kind of scary. Like, I'm scared of sharks. Bro. Oh, come on, man. man come yeah. on. Oh. Seriously, like, so yeah. So my wife will not get in the ocean. Like, I grew up, you know, going to the ocean all the time. My wife won't get in deeper than her ankles because she's afraid of sharks. It's not that bad, is uh, it? No, no. Like, I'll go. Like, if one of my buddies asks me, like, hey, you want to go surfing? I'll, like, I'll go. Yeah. Like, I got two boards and everything. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, it doesn't bother me. I just, you know. It's just like yeah. a little fear in the back of your mind. Right. The only thing that gets me is the jellyfish. Like when when I see one jellyfish, I'm out. Man. I'm done. I've, I've really? Got, you, oh, bro. So I, mean, I don't know what what coast are you on? Pacific. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we, I, I, yeah, I live like by San Diego. Okay. So you live so the coast that we have is the Gulf, or you go to Florida, and those box jellyfish out Man. there, those things ain't playing. They touch you. I don't even count that as the ocean. And your and your life ends. Hey, if you can surf the Gulf, you can surf anywhere. Well, I guess. I don't know about <laughs> yeah. that. If you can surf those little waves, you can't go to Pipeline and surf. You get it's just not the same, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I I grew up. I was born in San Diego, so that's cool at Balboa. But uh, I grew up. I spent a bunch of time in Hawaii when my dad was at Pearl. You're speaking of jellyfish, so I learned to water ski in the ocean. And my dad took me out to sea, basically, yeah, far enough that it was a sea, and we, we skied into Hickam Air Force Base Harbor. And I used to swim there all the time, but we this particular time, you could see nothing but jellyfish. I'm out. That, what are you going to do? I was on skis. You just, just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just I, I had to have my dad pull me. There was a little dock out in the middle of the, the harbor that uh-huh. you could swim to. And I had to have him pull me over by that, and I just skied up and laid up on the dock. Oh, my God. I was, yeah, it was freaky. But sharks, my dad was a Navy SEAL, and he's like, yeah, he, you know, kind of like bugs. He's like, oh, if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you. So that's always the mentality <laughs> I've had when I go out to try to you surf. You hear that, Dylan? Bush. Yeah. So if, they don't, if you don't mess yeah. with them, Dylan, they won't mess yeah. with you. Yeah, I just try, I just go out there and try not to think about it. Like, yeah, hey, there's no sharks in this water. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll just catch this wave. Yeah, I, I remember a moment in Hawaii when my dad went out to surf, and I was – 12 maybe 
and we were the only ones on the beach. And he went out to surf, and I feel like he had been out there for like hours. I was 12. It'd probably been 15 minutes. Right. But they have these old flags they put up if the, the sharks, sharks are in. Mm-hmm. Well, he went surfing anyway because he, he didn't care. So I'm like, my dad got eaten by a shark. You know, <laughs> he's been gone forever. <laughs> Nobody could surf for that long. And, you know, eventually he paddles back in, and there he is. But, yeah. Dude, I, I surf or I skied in Kaneohe Bay in Hawaii when the sharks were in. Yeah. And my mom was kind of freaking out, like, you can't ski. And I was like, nah, I just put the skis on in the boat, rolled into the water, and, like, as soon as I hit the water, hit it. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, yeah, I don't know. That's cool. about. I, I'm jealous of you. We're in East Texas, by the way. So you being out there, for me, I'm very jealous of the beach yeah. and In-N-Out Burger, man, all day long. Well, I lived in Mission Beach for a little while, so I, I know what it's like down there. Yeah. yeah so. Well, Dylan, dude, it was uh, really cool getting a little bit of chance to get to know you. I, yeah. I, I hope good things for you, man. I, I hope that uh, somebody, you know, gets you a deal. We see you out there and can see you, see you to continue to grow uh, and and make a challenge of it. Because I, I didn't I, – I hate that I didn't get a chance to talk to you face-to-face at Loretta's, but with the rules, it just wasn't allowed. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. So hopefully in the near future, those things will change and we'll actually get a chance to meet you face-to-face. Yeah, for sure. So since you're the, the – oh. like – Suzuki's golden boy at, on the amateur stuff. You really are. I mean, you really held it down for Suzuki. Did a really good job. Uh, did they tell you when that uh, 2021 electric start bike's coming out? <laughs> Dude, I, I've i been asking and asking <laughs> and asking, but I have not got a word out. So Because, nah. yeah, we were watching Martin kick his bike. Oh, poor, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, All right, right Dylan. Thanks, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, and uh, good luck with those last two rounds. We'll get you on after one of the last two yeah, rounds. Definitely. How's it sound? Definitely. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Thank you guys. See you, bud. Bye. Bye. Yeah, give Dylan Schwartz a, a, a follow on social media. Tell him you heard him here. Seems like a good kid, man. Like I said, I just yeah. talked to him very, very briefly at the race. Basically, all I did was get his phone number. But um, that's, 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 I talked it sounded to really weird. I, I, think I just it, got his phone number. I yeah. Be, yeah but, Pervert. Anyway. So anyways, <laughs> I, um, I talked to him twice at races, just up on the line or whatever, when we were like doing gate picks and whatnot. It's a super cool kid and um doesn't um like didn't have an ego, it didn't seem like right. Like some yeah. of those guys you talk to and I'm not gonna drop names, but some of those amateur kids, you're like go up to them and just BS with them a little bit and they're just like like who are you and why are you talking to me? Dylan's not that way at all. So that's why I kinda wanna get I the never show. got that from anybody. You haven't been around some of these amateur races. And also, you go up to these places as media. Oh, that's true. We're there as I just wanted to. I was kind of saying that in a way of just trying, yeah, I was I know you're trying to make do. fun of you. People don't want to talk to you. But fair enough. I don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Scotty right, says uh, that uh, dark side uh, shark bait. Shark bait, yeah. yeah. Scotty, I told TJ, man, I had to break it to him that the reason you're not here tonight is because you just didn't want to deal with his weirdness. Fair enough. So. All right, let's take our uh, next commercial break, our last commercial break, and we'll be back with Mitchell Harrison. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, 
If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly you wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we are back one more time with our last guest of the night, and he is brought to you by Cherubies USA. For a decade, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look great, and last forever. Visit AcherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Fully and let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Tonight, Cherubies brings us Pro Circuit's Mitchell Harrison. What is up, dude? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm stoked to get you on. Uh, thank, thanks to Vanessa for that. She is the most rad PR person in the pits. But uh, glad to have you on after a fantastic ride at Loretta's 2. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a crazy ride. The day was a bit gnarly. Uh, like there was just this one little cloud that made the track uh, insanely muddy for those two buttons. So, uh, but it was it was a good day overall. Yeah, I thought so, man. I mean, I was keeping an eye on you, and, and I was, you know, I'm watching on my TV, but then I have my laptop up with Pulp Fantasy, and there's a little chat room going, so people are talking about their riders they pick, and, man, there was a bunch of people on there that were really stoked on your fantasy points, which, as a pro, I know you probably don't give a crap about that, but it's it's fun to listen to, and you had a lot of people pulling for you for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, people love the fantasy, and, uh, uh, yeah, a couple people said that I let them down last week. Uh, <laughs> I guess I had massive points. Uh, yeah. And, uh, well, it's good to know that I'm – getting them up there this week yeah you're gonna you're gonna hear more of that unfortunately it's part of it you, you, you just you just what happens when you do good just embrace the fantasy people guys like dan truman uh if they pick you and you do poorly they're gonna let you know about it uh <laughs> but, but it's all out of uh the passion for the fantasy it, it really has nothing to do with you personally but uh let's get to some serious business man um you know you got the pro circuit ride uh what what was that call like man what does that mean to you uh, it was incredible. I mean, it means everything to me, especially, uh, you know, in Europe, um, and, you know, I lost all my, I lost my factory status, uh, was on a factory team for three 
don't know if I'm really going to race. Yeah. Um, and then Mitch calls you. He's <laughs> like, hey, let, let's have you try the bike out. And then try the bike out, get everything you have. And then he calls you again. And he's like, hey, do you want to, can you ride for us? And you're like, oh, my God, dude, this just really happened. What kind of uh, relationship with Mitch did you have before this? Was it kind of out of the blue? How did that – I mean, you obviously got your information from somewhere. Were you, like, over there going, I'll sweep the floors, whatever, <laughs> just give me a bike? <laughs> um, with Mitch, you know, I've approached him uh, many times, actually. And, uh, you know, I've kind of known him from uh, the, the amateur side with Team Green. But, like, we don't really have – we didn't have a relationship. So – um, actually had to jump through a little bit of hoops. I knew that he had a few spots open since everybody was hurt. And um, so, actually, I was not really, I wasn't even thinking about it. I, and I wasn't even going to call him until, you know, I was just talking to Zach one day, uh, Osborne, and he was like, yeah, just go for it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, why not? And uh, so I called him, and then I was like, he, he didn't call me back for a little bit, so I was like, you know who could help me out a lot with getting this? Yeah. And so I called up Brock Tickle, uh, which is, he was a good friend of mine. And, uh, and he called up Mitch and, you know, it was a huge help. And, you know, I can't thank Brock and, uh, really Zach enough to put this idea in my head, uh, and how everything came together. So, you know, it was a lot of outside support and yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing that they did that for me can't believe that zach osborne guy helped anybody he's so selfish <laughs> i mean you know since the husky days you know zach has always been uh kind of a mentor to me so yeah uh, he's such, such a good guy such a good family guy you know i'm so stoked that he's winning right now like he, he's the one i want to win that championship uh i I'm not really <laughs> supposed to probably pick favorites, but yeah, Darkside is a favorite. Zacho is my boy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I say probably every week. I definitely say it every time we talk to him. He's probably the best human on the planet. Like, I, I, there's nobody better. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's you know, just such a great guy. You know, uh, he's working on his golf game though. So. He's what? Working on his golf game. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he needs to work on his golf game though. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he even played golf. Oh, I mean, you know, he may maybe he did mention that before. So, yeah, did um. So, what was the plans without this PC deal? Like, like what were, were you just gonna make? You were just gonna go racing no matter what. Oh, you know, I was just hoping you were gonna let me back in. Um, that was the immediate plan, and really, other than that, I was just kind of hanging out here and golfing. Oh, uh, I I, re- I really didn't like I I really didn't know what else to do. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of the teams were full, uh, and like I said, I didn't really like think about PC, and so yeah, I was just golfing really. Yeah, the pieces of the puzzle really had to fall into place for you, which, um, you know, it's it's sort of you know we just talked about Zacho, right? Kind of got second chance, sort of a second chance for you to uh, you know show what you're made of. And I know the first two rounds are kind of strange. The, the the conditions weren't great, but I feel like you went out and and really put on a good ride and a good performance. So even when things get back to normal at Pro Circuit, if you can continue to do that, other opportunities will probably present themselves to you. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if I uh, you know if I continue doing what I'm doing right now, uh, you know, 
you know, it's good. It's, it's good submissions. Uh, but you know, each week we, I keep progressing. You know, I had a really good day today. I had a really good day last week, and we're really just trying to get the bike uh, and just myself to another level. Because yeah. I mean, to be on factory teams and to be on the team like Mitch's, you know, you got to be a podium and uh, potentially a win guy. So of course. that's what we're striving for. So um, yeah, yeah, a lot. I'm, I'm I'm sure like what I'm doing now is going to open some guys' eyes, people's eyes, because I'm sure I was written off. So uh, so that's good. But you know. We need to win. There you go. So I don't know. Actually, I don't even know the ruling right now. What's allowed or how it's allowed? Are y'all going to be able to allow allowed to ride the twenty twenty one bikes before the end of the year? I have no clue. Um, I haven't talked to him much about it. Electric start would be nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that motor's supposed to be supposed to be a big change. I know we were pro circuit like what do you call it team green this last year yeah. and that new bike's supposed to be pretty stout but would you really want to change bikes right in the middle of a season if like that, that i mean it's better. happened before but ah man i mean I, I mean the bike the bike right now is just so good um yeah i don't know if i want to change i mean if they, if they say hey we're gonna change i mean uh obviously you gotta do it so uh, i mean i'd be open for it for sure well here's the thing right now you may be like yeah whatever i'll, I'll ride whatever but the next time you tip over in a corner and you're, you're kicking 10 times on the bike to fire it up, true. you want to change, you know. It's just kind of how it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it, it, right now you need electric start. I mean, that's just how everything's going. So uh, definitely saves you, what, like, maybe five seconds, maybe a minute. So uh, electric start would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Suzuki guys feel the same way, and – it's coming, but um, let's talk about track conditions, man. You know, obviously, I just said a little bit ago, Loretta's, this last race was extremely muddy. The race before was pretty damn muddy. Do you feel like you're a good mud rider, like, going into those events? or And, and so that once the tracks are back to normal, quote-unquote, you'll be even better? Or do you even use that as a, like, a, uh, what's it, a, a ruler? Well, the first Loretta's, uh, the only time it was, like, really muddy was practice. And That's true. So the, those two motos, I would say that the, that was, um, the track was really gnarly, and that that was a good uh, indicator on how everybody's going to stack up. Okay. So right, right now, that's top five for me. Yeah. Um, and then you go into the mud, and that's just, like, Okay, let's just survive this and uh, just go have fun. Because um, if you're stressing out in the mud, you're inevitably going to crash. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know the, the mud—you just go out there and you just let the chips fall when they may, and you know you just ride and have fun. Yeah. What about saving the bike? That's been a big topic post race. Uh, a lot of people with issues, whether it be factory Kawasaki and Eli yeah. or just <laughs> Eli, numerous, numerous bikes, right? Or just blowing up, broke down. Um, are you able to consciously think about that? You, can you see your pit board and they're telling you to save the engine, save the clutch? Or do you, you probably just know that. But, like, that, that's got to be hard in the middle of a race to be like, all right, I got to be a little bit easier on the bike to make it last. Um, actually, for me, uh, I hardly ever touch the clutch as it is. Uh, so for me, they're like, use more of the clutch, shift up more. <laughs> and so, like, when it comes to mud, I mean, I've always been a pretty good mud rider. I mean, at Unadilla, that was my first podium. 
Um, so I've always been easy on the clutch. So that's what we're working on is trying to get me to use the clutch more and shift up more. So at the at Loretta's, it, it, it was more like, hey, aggression, go, let's try to push harder or shift up more. There was never save the bike because, okay. I mean, it, you can look at my bike after each race, after the end of an engine cycle, and my clutch isn't going to be nearly fried. Right. All right. That, well, that's cool to hear that because, you know, it seemed like everybody else was just smoking the stuff so are they doing not- <laughs> data logging on y'all's bikes during the race like do they look at data logging after the motos yeah they give me a lot of data logging uh for me it's uh where my shift points are and everything and it, it's it's a lot of help how, uh, so. how much of that goes into your practice like so after a race obviously these mud races or whatever when you're watching and they compare how like your you know data logging to the other team members or whatever and they do they say look next time you come into a corner like this you need to be in this gear this high i mean how often does that come into play for y'all um for me it's a bit cuz i seem to be always in a lower gear so that's a lot what what i'm working on um and yeah like i look at other people's data and it just doesn't look like that so <laughs> that's kind of where i think my uh my deficiencies are it's just like i'm not in so you're the revving right the bike out more and not shifting when they shift is basically what you're saying exactly and like uh i mean i've been doing that the past two weeks and like i've been uh so much better uh yeah the mud race it wasn't a really good indicator uh but uh i think iron man's gonna be it's gonna be a completely different I'm going to be completely different. So I, uh, I think it's going to help me out a lot, and I think I'm going to be up front more. I know a lot of times when you're dealing with that higher revving, it creates like a lot of harmonics in those aluminum frames, which makes the suspension not work as good. So I've worked with a yeah. lot a lot of young riders where you're like, hey, if you'll just let the motor lower RPMs, makes the rear end track better, makes the feel better, all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's basically it. Yeah. Like, you can come into the corners and really lean it over, uh, where it was kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of being timid coming in. So right. It definitely frees up the bike more, and uh, yeah, it's going to just overall make me faster, and it's going to be easier to ride. Cool. Uh, so, you, you mentioned a second ago, you know, about winning, and you know, obviously Mitch wants to win. Do you believe you can win? Yes, fully. I like that. I so like, you just drop yeah. just right there. You're like, all right, guys, I'm done. I can win. Just drop mic, the mic. See y'all. Drop. Talk to y'all next time. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of hype uh, right now around Dylan and the, the star Yamaha bikes and the horsepower those things put out. But, I mean, you know, I, I think for somebody like yourself, for me, I think it would be mentally – you have to be very mentally strong to, to say what you just said. Uh, you have to have that belief, and I, I guess all pros, for the most part, probably have that. But do you have like a a mental coach or somebody in your corner, kind of helping you with that stuff, or is that just how you're wired? Uh, I mean, I like to do like I like to read books, and I like to like maybe do some like luminosity or something, and uh, maybe meditate every once in a while. Okay. But that's cool. I mean, yeah, I guess like every top athlete, you have to be cocky in a way if you're going to succeed um so i that's what i'm kind of trying to wire myself as is like yeah i'm, I'm confident I'm, 
not just cocky, but like, yeah, uh, I know I can do it. Yeah, I think that's good, I, and I, I think there's there's a fine line between confidence and cocky. But um, just in the few minutes I've talked to you, you definitely don't sound cocky. I think it's, I think confidence is good because if you don't have that, you know, you know, we talked about Zach, right? So there's those times when you can tell Zach sort of has a little down. He's he's he. Well, we we know he like he gets nervous, he throws up, and maybe some self doubt at times, and, and that's got to be over hard to overcome. So having the confidence. It's pretty cool. It's impressive. Um, talk about Indiana, and we're hearing there could be some rain coming in, and it could be another <laughs> another mutter. Uh, do you do you look forward to another mutter, or, or you know, again, it's just a racetrack. Everybody's got to race on it. Yeah, I mean, everybody has to race on it. Of course, I'd love it to be dry and re- really uh, test out what I've been working on and uh, really prove myself up front. Yeah, I mean, it's more fun, so you're gonna get rain. So yeah. Uh, the best riders are going to come out on top either way. So, uh, yeah, if it rains, once again, we're going to go out, we're going to have fun, get a good start, and uh, see where the chips fall. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's a man sport. we got to go out. Yeah, like <laughs> me, you, you said a little while ago, you know, Loretta's won. Like, after the – it wasn't muddy in the end. Like, to me, when I'm standing there watching it, I was like, man, I, I it's, it looked muddy to me. I didn't want to be out there freaking <laughs> yeah. ruts for three miles. And, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, it was rough and rutted, and yeah. like it's nothing compared to what the amateur days are. Right, I, I um, like my tracks to look like eight a.m. Uh, a brownie. You know, no tracks, no ruts, smooth. <laughs> Let me get out there for a couple hours and double the triples, and maybe jump halfway across the tabletops, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm old. Yeah, yeah I mean. It's a lot of fun to do that. I mean, I, I'm always a fan of just gnarly, rough tracks. Uh, I want to go to Glen Helen at, like, 2 o'clock oh, where it's just insanely no. rough. It's, and uh, I don't know. It's just something that I'll Hey, when you get to be 40 <laughs> and you're a vet rider, that's going to change. Just giving you Maybe, a heads up on that. Maybe, but there's those guys that's like Mike Brown that still – and Kiefer still live for that, you know? And it's just – I think it's the talent level to be able to – like these, the pro guys like that, you know, and guys like us are like, that looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they just like to show yeah, off, I mean, like the cockiness. They just yeah. like to show off, is what like, it is. I, I don't want to know what my bike does in conditions like that. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, man. You yeah. guys are a different breed, but it's why we love this and, you know, why TJ and I are sitting here in the chairs and watching you guys on the weekend. But Mitchell, man, it's uh, really cool to get a chance to talk to you and, uh, you know, hopefully. I don't think we're going to make any more of the nationals, but it, hopefully when Supercross comes around and maybe things are back to normal, we'll come and get to do an interview face-to-face. Yeah, for sure. It would be awesome. Well, Mitchell, thanks for spending some time with us. Please tell Vanessa thank you. She, Like I said, she's awesome. my, my favorite PR person. I love her. And Darkside will have donuts ready for you all. On, yeah, uh, Mitchell probably doesn't know that. Yeah, Mitchell, you, yeah, yeah, Supercross, you got to keep an eye out for him. He walks out, walks around with donuts in the morning. So. Yep. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, most of the riders say no, but the, the all the mechanics and team managers, man, they love it, and that's how I get that's how I get inside those trucks and get interviews. I, I take donuts. He bribes them. That's right. Yeah, you're in. You're in there. I'm like, hey, can I get an interview? But I really want donuts. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure. I'll, I'll text you ahead of time and see what you want. <laughs> I like it. All right, dude. Thanks, Mitchell. Good luck this weekend, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. All right, thank you guys. See you, bud. Cool. Mitchell Harrison. Yeah. yeah. I'm stoked for him, man, because I'll be honest, you know, when we started hearing about the fill-ins uh, at Pro Circuit, like, I, I wasn't 
I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting what we've seen out of yeah. him. Yeah. So I think it's really cool, and it's it's good for these guys to get a second chance. You know, and we've seen it a few times where things just don't work out. Well, I mean, look and at they Osborne. never get another opportunity. Yeah, like Osborne, he was at the end of, in my opinion, especially with the whole snack pack thing, which you don't hear about <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. But you know, all that stuff, he was like one of those kids who you're like, well, he went to Europe, he raced a few years, and all, but came back and. This could be the same thing with Mitchell as he got this PC ride. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A, yeah, I mean, there, who else was a – was it Savachi like a, a fill-in for PC? I don't remember that, but I know there have been There other, have been others, yeah. yeah. I can't remember who off the top of my head, but, I mean, it, it makes a difference when you when those guys who have that have somebody – it may not just be the bike. It's the fact that Mitch Payton believed in him yeah. enough. And then gives him those resources, like all that stuff. I mean, it's a, it's the opportunity that makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, when you had that opportunity, and maybe things didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe your mindset wasn't where it needed to be. Maybe you weren't mature enough. Who knows? Yeah. But then you you lose that, and you're like, oh crap. You right. know, I I miss that. I I want that, and you get it again. Hopefully, he takes makes up. You know, I, it's gonna be tough to go out and win. Like he has that confidence, but Dylan and a Mart and J Mart, uh, those guys and RJ, and they're on they're on a, a very high level. I'm not yeah. So it's it's going to be very difficult, but not impossible. But yeah, I, I I think it's really impressive when a guy like him or like a Benny Bloss a few weeks ago says he wants fifths and and some podiums. Like you, I was surprised that Benny said like that. That's that's a high or a, I know what's the word a long shot. Yeah, that 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 yeah, that that's a high bar to set yeah, for yourself. Yeah, but they have to believe in themselves. Like, do you, you think- and I could go out and race at Swan and be like, "Well, you know, we're gonna just race each other. Who knows yeah. we're gonna finish? Doesn't matter." These guys can't have that attitude to be at the top level. They have to believe they can win. But do you think that sets them up for failure? Maybe in some cases, where they say like, and this is. I mean, I've talked to Benny quite a few times. He's a really nice guy, but he sets his bar way up there, which which I thought personally was a little high for the way the 450 class is. I agree. And and I think he could do good. I think he's going to be a top 10 guy all the time. But to say, I want to be top five and battling for wins when you spend you know, 90% of your motos not doing that or whatever, and you have bike issues, you have a new team, you have a lot going on, I mean that all that's going to do is just erode his confidence. Yeah, you well, know? It, it may be. It really just depends on the individual. I think you know wh- where your mental strength is, but it's you. I, I think if you if you go out to a pro national or pro supercross and say, eh, "Best I could do is twentieth," that's setting yourself up for failure too. Like if you don't go out there and feel like you can do well there's a big difference between going ah the best i can do is 20th but going out there going right now i'm 20th let me get out there and let me see if i can get up there with those guys to get i mean i don't know i've always been one about setting some realistic expectations with some high goals you know what i mean and his i don't know i could be off on that fair point um all right we're gonna wrap this thing up i do want to give a shout out i don't know if he's still watching yeah travis marks dune goon was watching a minute ago awesome he sent me a text getting some points said he could uh, he well, he said that I really need a new producer. Yeah, I believe he said that, but I mean, but he he said he could tell I was cringing when the uh, the phone was going in and out with Mitchell a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's always a bummer when sound when uh, phone quality is not perfect. But well, the good thing is, is ninety percent of our listeners are on the are on the um, the podcast yeah. side, so we can edit some of that 
static and bullcrap. Some out. of it, yeah, I'll be able to do in post. <laughs> um, I do want to thank all of our sponsors again: Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbies, USA, Extreme Colors, Work, Work, no Williams Moto Works, and X Brand Goggles. All on board with us. I uh, want to congratulate Always Moto for winning the light, the Fly Light gear, and Richard Tucker for winning the Blood Lubricant gift pack. Uh, I want to thank again Monty from Moto Tape for the hookup. And Kane, don't forget about the FMF Drop Ellie Fox Gear, 32 pant, uh, large jersey. If you guys are interested in trying to donate to Killian Auberson, making a, a bid on that gear, hit me up. Uh, what is that? MotoXPodShow at gmail.com yeah. or the dark side at Pulpamex. Either one will work. Uh, we're, we've got a couple bids on it already. I like to say something, uh, Williams MotoWorks. Yeah. Um, guys, y'all need to go by there and check out his website because um, I know a lot of times that there's a lot of these amateur kids need like bad to the bone motors, and he can do that. Qu- promise you. What we're talking about, my son's bike was pulling starts over some of the PC bikes at regular times. So, I mean, the motors are amazing. But not only that, even the Weekend Warrior guys, you need cams. He's also able to just talk and help you out and point you in the right direction. There's been things where I'm like, hey, man, what about this? And he could make money on that. And he would say, no, 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 this is what you need. It's cheaper. It's a little bit better deal for your situation. So he's not just somebody out there trying to, trying to, you know, just make a few dollars and this and that. He actually cares about the sport and builds good quality stuff. So yeah. y'all stop by his website, check it out. He, like I said, you'll learn stuff just being on his website and talking to him. So cool. if you're a local racer, you want to do good at your – let's say you're going to a – what is it? Um, the Vet Nationals, and you call Glenn, him up. Glenn and Helen, he can yeah. tell you, like, like, hey, you say, hey, I've got this many hours on my motor. What do you think? He'll say, hey, it's good. I mean, there's been times – where he's like, you don't need to do that. You just, you know, so get yeah. that guy. The dude's a genius with cool. this stuff. So Yeah, and support all of our sponsors. And I don't really promote our website that often because we don't really use it very often, MotoXPodShow.com. But yeah. all the sponsor, uh, all our sponsors and links are on there. So you can use those. And, you know, we're, we're working on some new ones for 2021. So check that out. I did just see on uh, Instagram that my actual favorite producer just started producer following Joe? us. Huh? Producer Joe? No, Talon Taylor. Oh. Yeah. The the producer, the best producer of the Pulp Mech show. Oh. He he just started following the show our show. Awesome. So that's cool. Uh he was t- oh, what they call him last night, talent post Talone. You wouldn't get it, but th- there's a rapper producer post Malone. Post Malone. Mm-hmm. To me, when I would see him on the live pulp show, there was something about his facial structure when he was talking that Isn't reminded that you do me this of facial tattooed all over. Post Malone does. Yeah, okay. So, But there was something about his facial structure, his jaw or whatever, that I was like, man, he looks like somebody. And I didn't really know much about Post Malone, but I finally figured out that's who it was. And I told uh, Marks. Post Malone. And somebody. Marks thought that was funny. And then I told Talon. Ty Nee said Post post, <laughs> Malone. Yeah, they were saying that last night. But he came into the Pulp Show last night with the face tattoos, like fake, fake oh, face awesome. tattoos. That's awesome. So a lot of people didn't really get it, but it all started for me saying that I thought he looked that way. Are you tooting your own horn? No. Oh. I'm just saying that Taylor Talon Taylor is my favorite producer of Pulp. I sound like you're tooting your own horn there a little bit. No, not really. Are we done with this? Yeah, that's a wrap for uh, episode 171. Thanks to Chase Sexton, Dylan Schwartz, Mitchell Harrison. 
TJ, appreciate you being in studio for once this year in 2020. Maybe two weeks in a row. Possibly two weeks in a row. You can teach Scotty T how to use the, the camera and stuff. I never have to come back? So, you, Well, you probably won't. <laughs> uh, which, whatever, dude. Whatever. Uh, thanks again to everybody listening. Thanks to our YouTube watchers. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it. Check out the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show tomorrow night with Raining Yellow and Kate Clayson. Yeah. Cool. We're out. See you.